Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the next instalment of the DNA podcast. Hope everyone is safe and well. Not too bored at home, I hope. I know I haven't been. I've been flat out. I don't know if you you lot are getting it as well in the year old from your missus and whatnot, but the amount of blimmin' housework that I've had to do and garden work on top of editing that I've got going on and uh, a few live feeds along the way here and there, I've been flat out. I have been absolutely at it. So yeah, um, yeah, not bored at all on my front. So hopefully similar things for everyone else. Hopefully you're all keeping busy, safe and well, and obviously staying at home. Got a fantastic podcast lined up for you on this one. I hope everyone enjoyed, obviously, our little phone call that we had with Mark Simmons on the last, uh, banged up abroad. So, uh, yeah, um, I haven't actually spoken to Mark since then, to be honest with you, but we will do a serious one with Mark. But in the meantime, that was a bit of light-hearted fun for everyone to sort of listen to, just to boost everyone's spirits. A bit like this interview coming up here. Vinny uh, Pritchard is our guest this time around. An amazing angler, been in it for many, many years. He is a fishery owner as well. He's done a lot of angling the last few years on Girton Pit, which is in Nottinghamshire, I believe. Um, he did many, many nights over there and he's had some right results as well. He's done many nights on his first couple of seasons. Uh, by all accounts, sort of struggled a little bit, but then, um, but then once obviously sussing the lake and um, getting his head round this, that, and the other. Like I say, all of it is in is in the interview coming up, and uh, he's a fishery owner as well. Um, just before we get into the interview, it'd be lovely to hear from all of you guys on our reviews on iTunes. Uh, we do read all of them. It'd be amazing if you could just leave us a review, um, and perhaps. Type in there some topics you might want us to cover. Where I'm obviously not getting out in the bank every week anymore. Um, yeah, giving you updates of my daily life will be a little bit boring. So if there's any topics you would like me to perhaps cover at the start of these, then um, like I say, give us a little review. Write it in the, in the review. Perhaps a topic you would like myself or perhaps anglers, whatever you would like to sort of um, have on the podcast, I suppose, and we'll do our utmost to cover it. So enough waffling on from me. Hopefully you all enjoy this interview with Vinnie Pritchard. So welcome to the podcast, Vinnie Pritchard. How are you, mate? I'm all right, Mother. How are you? I, mean, I guess I'm the same as every other carp angler in the country. Yeah. Uh, rods are in the garage and uh, worried about what the future is, I guess, in, in many respects. But I'm in good health, mate. And like we discussed before we went live on this, that is number one priority. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, without a doubt. I know that there's plenty of people out there that are itching to obviously get the rods out, me being definitely one of them. Um, but... <laughs> unfortunately like you say you know because of everyone's health you know it's people around you as well it's you've got to be staying indoors isn't you 
hundred percent, mate. And I think I think it like from I mean, you know, I've been I, for those of you that don't know my my in, in my work, I'm a I'm a lecturer at an engineering college, so I teach motor vehicle students, and mm. uh, I'm actually quite hoarse as we're doing this because I have been in Zoom meetings with my students most of the day, and. Um, you know, some of them guys haven't got garages, and if their garages don't recover, what's the knock-on effect of their apprenticeships? And you know, so all industries, you know, including the carp fishing industry, are kind of like you know, mm. it's a worrying time for everyone, mate. You know, and you know, my, my we were talking before we went live again. You know, we were talking about the bailiffs that you know look after my lake for me or help look after my lake. You know, their construction guys, some of them. They've got no work. How is it going to recover? Are they going to get work? You know, once we come out of lockdown, yeah. it, there's so many knock-on effects of this, and everybody's got their own little story, haven't they, of where yeah. it's going? And and in, in a carp fishing sense, let's be honest, it's March, it's keen season, isn't it? Everybody's like, right, you know, they're having it, a bit of sunshine, more light, and it's yeah. like couldn't happen into carp fishing time. Being very selfish, of course. It couldn't have happened at the worst time of the year, could it? I know, mate. Tell me about it. And we've got a lovely southerly that's about to come blowing in at the moment <laughs> down my way. Yeah, Sunday's I'm... getting mild, mate. Isn't it? Oh. I, you still look at the weather forecast, you can't. I know. It. I've been trying to stay <laughs> off of the weather app. I see. Oh, someone posted it. That's what it was. Someone posted. I've been managing to keep away from checking the pressures <laughs> and checking the weather. And someone bloody screenshot, oh, first lovely southerly of the spring. I'm like, oh, don't. I know, mate. Don't. I know. <laughs> oh, no. I know. And, of course, you look on Facebook and it, it, it prompts you with memories and you like think, don't show me that. What no. are you showing me that for? Oh, no, mate. Yeah. Tell me about it. So, like I say, all, all, in all seriousness, um, the car park going anywhere, mate. You know our health is is uh, you know number one priority. So uh, that 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 side of our lives can just wait till uh, things turn around and everything. Yeah, yeah, I know. But still, you like you say, you know, seeing all these bits and bobs on social media and um, people's tickets obviously starting and turning up. I know, like all the arcade yeah. tickets have Absolutely. gone out this week and people are posting them and me being one of them as well. And I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, do you know what I've got? Yeah, I've seen, yes, I've seen an RK Leisure post uh, on Facebook this morning. Some, one of my friends, I can't remember who it was, they've got a ticket for it. And I'm thinking, yeah, I never thought of it like that. I mean, we've discussed our lake in terms of, you know, because we're, we're a day ticket, but we're members only day ticket. So we kind of had a, a brief discussion, you know, we'll, we'll, finalise it when all this is done you know whether we give them a couple of three nights or whether we extend the tickets or mm. you know but you know some guys have been probably on big waiting lists as well you know yeah. imagine having a long waiting list and getting it and then you, you sat watching a, a warm front come in in you know early March and you can't go it couldn't, you know, it couldn't be worse could it oh but, mate it, honestly it's, no it's not good it is a good I'm, I'm like <laughs> even my ticket's a new one as well for a new lake on um, K1 the island lakes was all boat work gin clear water just like proper yeah. itching to go i've got a bit of a story funny enough i um uh about a month or so ago i had a letter to be doing jury service um oh, i think you mentioned that yeah? yeah yeah for the uh for the first two weeks of april i'm like that oh, nice. i'm like how yeah, could they possibly give me that like surely they must know what 
you know, I'm a carp angler. And they thought, oh, yeah, we'll give him the first two weeks of the spring. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, really? <laughs> but um, obviously with things that have happened now, I, I, I haven't got to do it at the minute. But you know what will happen, didn't you? I'll, we'll, we'll be let out of lockdown. I'll be like, right, time to go fishing. They'll be like, no, nope, time for jury get, service. Yeah. So, oh, they'll, be the, they'll be at the old gate at the bottom of the, uh, bottom of the garden waiting for you. Yeah. Put that gear back. You're coming with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You that. <laughs> exactly that, mate. Oh, don't. But, oh, you know, I'm dreaming of it every night now, just like being in the boat and like going about me day fishing i'm sure everyone's in the same boat you know hence the pun but um but yeah just like I, now i'm really really itching to get the bloody rods out man and yeah, no, it's I mean, a long long way off yet not good i mean going back to this time last year was kind of like uh like we'll get on to it as we go through this but it was a successful time for me and i'm kind of thinking about that and i'm, I'm thinking you know if i was if I was on that lake now, we'd be moving close to... Now, although, having said that, the, the lake I've been fishing for the last few years is an extremely deep lake. Mm. Um, and I think I alluded to it on one of my vlogs recently, that, you know, you'll be sat on Girton and and, and um, your phone will be pinging, he's had a 30, he's had a 40, he's had this, and you're like thinking, well, I ain't seen a fish this afternoon, do you know what I mean? So it's one of them lakes that probably... It's more into May when when the temperatures because right. it's, it's the minimum of twenty foot deep. You know the majority of it's twenty foot plus. So it is one of them lakes that I probably wouldn't be too worried about it right now. But another month and definitely mm. uh, the big girls will be on them bars and you know yeah. they, they come out every year same time mate every year. You know? Yeah, so it's a it's a big old pond that one you're fishing. Are we allowed to name it or would you rather keep it on the yeah mate? It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a syndicate called Girton. Um, it's it's near Lincoln. It's actually in northern Nottinghamshire, but it's yeah. actually just next to Lincoln. Uh, it's run by Classic Carp Limited. There, I mean, the guy, my contact to that was Anthony Sylvester. Hmm. Uh, Anthony's a really sound bloke. He owns AJS Fisheries, Fisheries Management. He owns you know a number of lakes and uh, he supplies coarse fish. Uh, I know him. He's he's actually netted my lake uh, on more than one occasion, so that's how I know him. Right. But uh, it was actually the DNA guys that put me onto that lake. Um, I wasn't aware of it. It, it was it was NAS about four years ago. Mm. Um, uh, I wasn't actually working for DNA. What had happened was Jamie Klossack. Uh, is that pronounced correctly? Is it Klossack? Klossack, Klossack, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wanted to do a little bit of an after party for the for the exhibitors at Northern Angling Show, and Clive Gibbons gave me a call. He said, "How do you fancy playing guitar in this band? You know, because he wanted to put a little rock band on." Because Jamie's a guitarist, yeah, yeah, Clive's yeah. a drummer, and there's a couple. I think they've done it in the past years before. I think Lee Jackson was a bit. Yeah, I remember I it. There, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I went down to do. I think I'm the only person who's walked through an angling show with a Gibson Les Paul in my hand. <laughs> so I went to see the DNA guys as I checked in and this and I'd just about done on my previous syndicate which was Manton uh, Neville Pickling's place uh, and somebody says oh you want to get on Gerton and I said mate I've never heard of it what, what is it and then the, the, kind of like the link to Anthony Sylvester came in so uh, yeah and uh, three years later and I'm uh, I'm still as excited about the place as what I was when I first went so it, it's tough mate it is and I'm not you know mm. I'm not just saying it's put people off because there's uh, there's some cracking fish in there but 
it's certainly not easy fishing. I mean, when I first joined, there was a, a you know a relatively small stock in the lake, you know, originals and some of the fish that Anthony had put in there. Yeah, how big is but, the lake? How big is the lake? Just to picture it for people. It's, it's just over seventy acres. Yeah. Lake. Yeah, yeah. I bet, so funny enough, I have it. been before. I filmed uh, pictures over there many years ago. Well, uh, I was, you're right. He, was, did a, he did a short session on there. He filmed it, didn't he? I watched that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I um I went over there uh, with Harry and uh, just helped him out a little bit over there with a filming session. And, um, yeah, loved the play. I mean, it looked mega. What excited me was, obviously, it's got big commons in it. I'm desperate for a big common myself. So, right. so yeah, go, going back to... Yeah, so... So seventy odd acres. Um, I mean, that is man-made. Doug, was that? Do you know? Yes, it was man-made. I'm guessing it was dug for gravel. They're all they're all diggings, and they're all, you can kind of tell the date of the diggings by the tree line that's going round it. And uh, right. I've seen pictures of that with literally no trees around it at all. But mm. it's maturing now. But it's like incredibly rich mud. I've never seen. And as you know, I've been doing this quite a few years now. I've never seen a lake as rich as and not even something as close to as rich. Literally every reed stem you pull out of the margins is littered, and I mean littered. You sometimes wonder how we even catch. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. and it's deep, there's horrible ledges, mus monster muscle beds. You've got to fish so tight, cut off the... They do happen, mate. You know, I'm not going right. to lie to you, because sometimes even you can get as tight as you can and you'll get a single bleep and ping, you know, you're done. You're just mm, unfortunate landing with your men. You know, you're fishing long, you know the script. You're fishing long, you tighten up as close as you dare without pulling the lead back. You've still got 15 yards of main line on the deck, you know. No leaders, unfortunately. Um, yeah, there's nasty ledges in there as well, mate. Right. It's, 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 a, it's a toughie, and, it, you know, I'll be absolutely honest with you, mate. It took me a while. To, to get my head round the place, you know, it's it's a, it's a bit. I mean, it's got a lot more fish in it now. They did a massive stocking last winter, mm. so bites are bites much easier to come by now. But uh, yeah, not easy, but lovely place. Thoroughly enjoyed my time on there. Yeah, what sort of stocks in there then, dude? Well, they reckoned originally. Originally, when I joined, there was about three hundred and fifty fish. Now. The lake is very close to the River Trent. Funnily enough, this winter I was on there mm. and Anne came down and said, Vin, get your gear and get off because the, the Trent had burst its banks. And I'm like, Anne, it's nowhere near. He said, Vin, get off. And then he messaged me the next morning. He said, Vin, your swim is now 12 foot underwater. Jesus. So in previous floodings, there's some Trent fish got in there. And during those floodings, there's some other day tickets in and around that area. Now, I think it was, I, I might be wrong here, I think it was 2007. The whole village was under. It was a bad one, mate. Whoa. And so fish have migrated in from other day tickets. But um, Anthony stocked some original fish when they first got the lake. Mm. And then the, the big, the elephant in the room was there were the big three that came from Pendle View. Um, for those of you that don't know, Pendle View was a. I, I'm, I, I want to be factually, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. Yeah. Pendle View was a fishing lake uh, in the northwest, I believe. Uh, there were three big fish. So there was measles, which is the mirror. There was tootie, which is the common, and then butthead, which was the final common. So uh, uh, classic carp bought these fish and put them into Girton, which 
changed the game quite considerably right. because they were big fishing their own rights, mate, and they have absolutely piled it on. <laughs> yeah, wow, haven't they just? I mean, uh, you know, that butter, didn't that? £61, am I, am I right there? That, and, that was a, and that was a year ago, mate, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 61 pounder. Oh, very what's nice. The, what's the what's British record common nowadays? Do you know, that's something I, I, I haven't got a bloody clue. What is that nowadays? Do you, you know, that's a good question. I have not got a clue, but no. I reckon this has got to be in the top five in the country. Must be. I'm pretty sure we're about a pound and a half, two pounds. You know, somebody might want to comment when this goes out because I, I don't know the answer to that. But mm. what, what I will say is getting is a huge, big, deep lake full of food and that fish doesn't look like stopping, mate. No, no. £61 <laughs> a year ago. Imagine what it is at the minute. Oh, don't. Yep. Oh, don't. Yeah, and, and, and due to the flooding and due to corona, that fish has had no line pressure and mm. that place is full. And this time of year, them mussel beds, weed, weed um, uh, snails, shrimp, and all the other naturals in there, they're, they're starting to come through now. Yeah. So that fish is just chomping, I'm sure. that I can almost picture. <laughs> well, picture Yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> I mean, as he, he wouldn't have got, because it had, obviously, but with you saying your swim was under 12 foot of water, it must have had a quite a savage flooding over there then. Um, you know, what... it, was, it was mental, mate. I mean, A1 Pits is a bit further down from us. They got a really bad deal, and they're probably assessing the stocks well. Obviously, there's no anglers on there now, but they'll be assessing their stocks where the fish have gone, where they've landed. Oh, um, funnily enough, one of the one of the people who work for AJS, Ben and Drew, well, they netted my lake a couple of weeks ago, and I was asking them about this, and they were literally stood on the bank as the flood water was coming in, holding the otter fence with the hands. Pretty dangerous stuff, the way they described it, to hold that otter fence up to make sure no fish got out. Oh, so the only slight problem could be um Gerton was kind of filled in 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 the top corner to create the cold lake so mm. if you imagine there was a little light outlet so they'd they filled the cut through in to make a little you know a day ticket then you you can book the cove on weekends to put loads of fish in there so it flooded to the point that those fish could migrate to the main lake right or vice versa but they couldn't get off complex, and I think that's the, the thing we need. We need to be, you know, we're not worried. They might not be in the lake they started in, but they're on complex, and that's, you know, that's obviously a good thing. Yeah. But you know, you know, it was, mate. Honestly, it was bad. Oh, Very know. bad. Yeah, savage. Yeah, that that. Oh God. But I mean, so they can definitely not get out of Girton then. So you're safe and sound, knowing no, that. No, mate. I spoke. I spoke to the guys who were on site, and they couldn't could not get out, mate. It's right. all good. The otter fence. You see, going down to the lake to the water water edge, you probably got eight foot to come up to the swims, and then you've got up to the otter fence, and then the height of the otter fence. So no, all good. Nothing got out, and it's just a question of. Uh, getting on there and finding out where they are. But, yeah, there's only those, the, the cove and the main lake, they're all in there. You know, there might have been the odd fish that swapped through, but, yeah, yeah everything's good. Oh, well, imagine if that 60-pound is swimming around in the cove lake. <laughs> Get well, me a ticket it won't there. stay in there long, bud. It won't <laughs> stay in there long. That'll be back. <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Imagine that going over there for a little day session on the Cove Lake and having a sixty-one pounder. How big's a Cove Lake? It's only a small pond, that one, isn't it? Ten, 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 oh, is it that big? I didn't think it was that big, yeah, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. 
Bloody hell. Yeah, very nice. So you, um, obviously, uh, you've been quite successful over on Girton. I mean, uh, well, let's talk about your first year on there. How did that sort of pan out for you? Yeah, first year was an interesting one because there weren't many people fishing it then. There was a, it, there was a small a small number of syndicate members. It was kind of like the same bands all the time, so we mm. all got to know each other pretty quickly. And I just like hit the ground running on that. I think the I think my second night, um, I was, my wife had come with me occasionally. My wife comes fishing with me. We got a little VW camper van, and they're quite relaxed with stuff like that. Then you camp out behind your swim. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but mm. you know I've done my. My first fair share of barrow in there, I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, me and my wife were sat in the camper van watching, uh, I don't know, watching some soap and some on the DVD player. <laughs> and uh, I had a fish. Um, I had done a little bit of work that afternoon. You know, we did find a few fish and we did kind of like select an area that we thought the fish might move into. Mm. And it was a really weird green light fight. And I thought nothing of it, to be honest. I thought I was thinking, are there actually any green in here? And I know one of my head torch just shone on this big common sat in the net and I thought wow that was bizarre because mm. it just didn't do anything oh. well that's a fish called one pet that was 33 pound that was just before spawning in 2017 right so that's like one of the known for yeah probably 18 fish I suppose in that respect yeah result and then my very next session I'm fishing popular point I was on my own this time and I'd seen fish long out of popular point which I mean at that time I didn't really know the topography of the lake at all. Mm. But I now know the area I was fishing, especially at that time of year. And that that's a prime, prime swim to be in. Uh I had a one toner and and I had the uh the block common at thirty two pound. Lovely job. So I'm thinking like three nights, two thirties, what's all the fuss about? Yeah, very when... nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's coming now, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> yeah. And then it went We'll forget about the rest of that year. Mm-hmm. I, I had a few more bites, mate, but um, tough. Yeah. Very. I've never, right? I've, I've, I've never had a situation whereby you found them and you are on them. I mean, on them. They are going ballistic in front of you, and you just sat looking at your bobbins, thinking, "What? What's happening? What is happening?" And then you wake up the following morning, they're still showing, and you're still looking Sorry, at your bobbins. I've forgotten what yeah. I and, said. And, and, any member on that syndicate will tell you the same. Really? Even probably not now because of the stockies. There's a lot of young fish in there and they're a bit green. But before them stockies went in, mate, it happened to everybody more than once. You're just looking at your rods going, what am I doing? I have picked mussels off snags and hair rigged them and still not had a bite. Oh, darling. I have done mate, But then again, like any tricky water, you, the rewards are there, aren't they? And eventually one will go and... Uh, there's not yeah, the Pendles three, the big ones are the one everybody ones everybody wants, but taking them out of it, I would have still joined the lake because it's quiet and you know, it, there's a lot about it that I like. But there's also without them big three, there are some absolute stunning fish in there. Is there? Proper stunning yeah, they're yeah, they're proper stunners. You know, there's a fish that they call the jigsaw, which should be front cover of any magazine. Oh, I've in, seen in a photo world. with that. With, uh, Mate, sat, I've sat, seen that oh. bad boy in the back corner and I've been watching him just thinking, God, oh, I'd love that one. That is an incredible, yeah. incredible carp, that one, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. There's some stunners. What sort of strain of carp is that, that, that one? Do you know? 
Do you know, I've no, I've absolutely no idea, Mother. I don't know whether that was an original or whether that's one of the ones that the guy stopped when they took over the fishery. I don't know, mate. I couldn't answer that. But what yeah, I do know is incredible. I want it in my sling. Yeah, <laughs> mate. It is an incredible creature, that one. Uh, what what sort of size is that, roughly, that fish? That did 32 this winter. Did it? Yeah. yeah A guy lovely. called Mark Forward, which is Paul Forward's brother, had it at 32. I believe I'm right in that. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure that that's right, yeah. Right. Oh, very nice. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, like you say, yeah, and there's many others backing that one up as well, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, going going back to when I first joined with, with the original batch of fish that was in there, there's probably about 14 or 15 30s in there, and you wouldn't knock any of them. You'd want them all no. with some stunners in there. And, and equally, you know, going... You know, I mean, we've all done our time on the smaller lakes, the well-stocked lake. You know, any capture out of a lake like that, you've got to give yourself a little bit of a quiet pat on the back because they're not they're not easy. You work for them fish, Mozo, and I'm sure, yeah, I know you fish places like that. Mm. You, you, you know, you know, and I'm not criticising anybody's fishing, what they choose to do. You know, we all, I mean, I own a lake with 140 fish in it that's three acres, so I'm not being hypocritical. I'm kind of saying... Every capture is is a capture you've outwitted that fish. But when you've had them from a place like that, mate, it's honestly you see because you know the next ten trips might be blanks until the next one. So you kind of mm. you know you enjoy it a little bit more, I guess. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um you you've racked up a fair few nights on there. I take it over the three years that you've been fishing it. Was there ever? I have mate. Was there ever like a light bulb moment where, you know, either in the first season, second season, where you just thought, this is, you know, I've unlocked the code here and I've cracked it. This is what I need to be doing, That which you probably wouldn't want to expose on this. But I'm just wondering whether, you know, we could shed some light on what sort of changed your captures around. Because now it seems like you're fairly consistent over there. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I guess so, and I, I think it is down. It's down to time. Yeah, I did do. I did do a fair few nights, Mozart, but I fished it to exclusively. And believe me, right, that first and second year, the times I put my gear in the van, and I thought, Vinny, what are you doing to yourself? Mm. You know the pressure's not right. You know because you, I'm in contact. I've made friends down there. I'm on messenger with them. I know it's not fishing. I know the swim I wanted, or one of the swims I wanted was taken, but still, the day you start thinking, oh, no, I'll just go down Cromwell, or I'll nip up to Old Mill, that's the day when you start reducing your chances. Yeah, yeah. So you don't, you don't do it. You say, no, because if I see something, if I see a fish roll, or if I see somebody else have one, that's a part of the jigsaw. Yeah, exactly. So then first two years, my second season on there, I started getting more bites, but I was unfortunate with what I caught. I caught some really nice 20s that year. I think I had, oh, I, won't, I won't say a number, I can't 100% remember, but I had a fair few bites and some lovely fish. Mm. And at the end of that season, I must admit, I did have a bit of a, am I doing this to myself again? Am I doing it again next year? And, I, I, and I, I'm, I'm honest enough, to say that there was that kind of like, oh, do I really want to do this again? Because mm. not, it's an hour and a half in, in the van for me to get there and an hour and a half back. Now, I've got a job as well. Let's not forget that. I've got, you know, it's logistically, and yeah. it's a horrible road. It's the A15, if anyone knows the area, which is a notoriously dangerous, horrible road. Mm. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making excuses now, aren't I? But <laughs> You're I decided, trying to convince yourself I did, out of it. <laughs> yeah, but I decided, no, you've come this 
far, you, you now kind of know some of the spots. Not all the spots, it's a big leap, but I had an idea. And plus, I've studied previous captures. Now, when I was on there for my first two seasons, Simon Crow was on there. Mm. And me and Simon discussed them comments quite a lot. And I was kind of getting into his head on his thought process on how he was trying to nail them. And he was meticulous in logging where they were, where they were coming from. Yeah. Now, stupidly, I kind of got the area, but Simon was kind of like... He wanted to know, when them comments come out, did the angler catch another fish? I.e., were they on bait? Or were they loners? Have they, have they gone in there and have they become loners? Now, for a period, we thought that was for the case mm. because a lot of new members nailed them. I say a lot of members. They only came out once a season for my first two years. So, Tootie and Butthead once each per season for my first two years on there. Mm. So do your percentages of your chance of catching them fish, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But Crowley was kind of really focusing on those fish's behaviour. And I kind of get that, but equally, I'm, I, I've, I've seen the fish in the north, I've seen one of the commons in the north bay. Now, they've never been caught from there, but not, don't tell me that they can go a week without feeding. Mm. They must have fed up there. They just haven't made a mistake up there. Yeah. So, yeah, you kind of, you, you kind of get into that thought process. But I, I, like I said, I had that 50-50 moment and I chose now and sticking at it. But that winter, because I've done the previous winter on Get and I've not seen a bloody thing, mm. like, what a waste of a winter that Yeah, was. it can kill you that, I, can't I it? I decided, get off it for the winter, do a bit of social fishing, and then get back on it in March again. So I've gone to, I've, funnily enough, I've gone to Cromwell Lakes. And I was with uh, a pal of mine, John Oak, who was just having a bit of a social. John had a 35 that, that trip, I think. But we, we, anyway, a big storm coming, and there was a wind coming down the lake, and I just literally, I couldn't cast to my spots because the side wind, <laughs> and then the wind that was getting, you know, was savage. I couldn't mm. fish, so I packed up. I still had a night off. So I, I went up to and just on chance. So this was February time last winter, mm. and I had three bites. I, could, I only went on there, I just... I don't know, I just, it was on my way home. Yeah. And I had three bites. And that, yeah, w w let's mention now that it had, had received a small number of stockings that, that winter. Right. So these were original fish, but equally February bites on a big pit. Yeah, that. Lovely. And that's what started my kind of, kind of going back there that winter. Right. And then I started catching the originals. So I had original fish in February, March and April. I think in April I had three or four of the originals, and I also was catching heavy, and this was fishing on the switch. That that was kind of like my winter bait choice. Mm. And that spring, it just started to come together. Now, going back to what Simon Crow had been talking about in terms of where are these commons getting caught, it was kind of two areas that you wanted to be in. When we move into the spring, we're getting into April. Like I said before, Mother, it, it's a big, deep lake, so it doesn't yeah. warm up. Mm. So don't be too disheartened if you haven't had one by the back end of April. Start worrying about the back end of May if you haven't had a bit of success. So I'm there in my my winter swim, which was number two, and them spots, you know, I, I did a Carpwell article about this, and I, and I alluded to this in that. Mm. Them spots were getting concrete. When mm. I first started fishing them spots, I was getting a nice donk, yeah, happy days, but the amount of switch up on them spots, mate, they were like concrete. They were polishing it. And I kind of thought, there's a chance here. There is a chance here. Them fish will, one of them three will have visited one of my spots off that bank. Mm. And lo and behold, uh, I had the bite. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Yeah, very nice. Um, 
which and was... That, and that's... A, go on, yeah, that was measles. Number one was measles. And, mm. that, and that was an interesting one because if you imagine looking out from the swim housing, this is swim two for the guys that know the lake. So you're right in front of you is a deep 36-foot bowl. So you go out <laughs> 14 wraps and it drops down a cliff, cliff face into that bowl, right. right? On the right-hand side of it, there's a channel about 14 foot that runs down the right-hand side of it. So you can see, I, I fish it at 29 wraps, but you can fish it a little bit shorter than that if you want. Mm. So that rod went off and it was a drop back and the fish plodded up into the deep water. Right. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, oh, rods, I'm actually stood next to my van, rod up in the air, doing it. Yeah, happy days, happy days, happy days. And the fish just dived and it sat behind the ledge. And I'm not joking, it was sat underneath that ledge for 40 minutes. Bloody hell, and really? I didn't know which one it was. What I did know is it straight rodded me. That's all I knew. And some of them 20-pound commons couldn't have 100 yards off you. They're proper angry wild fish in there. And I'm like thinking, right, okay. And then like 40 minutes and it kicked. I thought, this is still on. And gradually I, I got it up this ledge. Got my wages on because I'm now this side of the ledge. So I'm happy. There's nothing in front of me that's a problem. And I'm in in the in the lake, waders on, thinking, oh well, see what my line's like. And grated line started to hit my top ring, and I'm like, oh god. And then I seen it, chestnut brown, <laughs> massive. It's very and clear it as well, isn't it? That my... water, it's gin clear, isn't it? Mate, I'd seen that fish stalking. I was in, I was up a tree in my first year, and I, I was watching a group of commons in and out the reeds, and I'm just watching there, and and you know measles come in from the left and you don't you don't even have to see the full fish and you know it's that one it's mm. a proper chestnut brown big lump <laughs> so i'm in the water with my waders on playing it knowing that my line's knackered mm. i'm thinking if this thing that would have been a light bulb moment that would have been a get in the van and never go there again <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but, <laughs> but you know and and you know, again, going back to that article that I did for Carp World, um, I lost a few fish on there. Not a lot, but I lost a few where I felt I didn't deserve that. I did not deserve that. And mm. I'm thinking, come on, I may, I even, I'm even saying it to myself, Mozza, as I'm playing it. <laughs> this is my turn. This is my turn. I'm winning this. <laughs> you know, we do some bizarre things with Carp Anglers, yeah, don't we? Right. And it just... Went over the net and I just sat down in about three foot of water. So it's just not coming over my waders. I just sat down and just held the net next to my legs. Just like it was a moment, mate, a moment. Mega. I've never caught an Mega. English fish. I think my previous personal best to that was um, waving his immaculate common at £39. Right. And this thing was a lot more than £39. But <laughs> oh, mega, mega. Yeah, epic. Epic moment, and uh, yeah, a lot of work went into that fish, so uh, I'll, I'll take that one. Yeah, yeah, mate. How big was it in, yeah, 48, is that right? Was it 48? It was 48.12. Oh, mate, what a carp. Absolutely mega. And then, um, well, that wasn't the end of it, though, was it? I mean, after that... So, so that that was your that was the first A-team, I take it, that you had out of there. And again, what time of year was that? That was uh, it was late April, early May. Right, right. So, uh, and then and then the so, next bite come not too long after. Is that right? Well, the the next the next trip because what I normally try and do is one sometimes two overnighters a week depending upon what's going on there. But the following week I did a single overnight. I couldn't get in that swim, mm. so I fished 
it's kind of like the same area, but a, a swim called Tipping Point, which is facing into that bow, but from the other angle. So you're moving north to get, but fishing the other way. Right. Uh, and I just got stocked out, mate. There's a there's a shelf or like a lump, muffle ridden. You got to fish tight to it, a hundred yards. Uh, and I just got stuck in, God knows how many I had, they just got on me, you know, uh, you, you can't do anything about it. Mm. So that week, it was kind of like a, a no-goer. But the following week, where my wife wanted to come, because the weather was good, and uh, so we got the camper van out, we went up in the camper van, and, I get, and that was a weekend, I don't normally fish weekends, it's quite mm. rare that I do that. So we got <laughs> down the weekend, I opened the gate, and like my eyes lit up like a jackpot bandit, mate, that swim was free. Wow. I'm like, get the van there now. Don't mess up. Like, <laughs> so I got in there. Lines already clipped up for them spots because that's that's the swim I've been fishing since you know early February. So yeah. I knew my spots perfect. Mm. And, uh, uh, not a great deal happened that afternoon, but first light, same rod, same bait, milky malt of a switch, big screamer, and you're fishing a tight clutch, of course, at that range and with the dangers that are in the lake. Mm rod melted down and I picked the rod up and it was just hey up <laughs> this ain't dancing <laughs> and eggs like deja vu like yeah. groundhog day I'm sat there and this time it's a common and I, also I didn't know which one it was it was either butthead or two I didn't know which one it was mm. I'm like cuddling the landing net in the margin so I'm aware just oh, thinking mate. I can't believe that this has happened can't believe it mega but, and, and... No, we all have our moments, don't we? And that was my moment, you know. And, yeah, uh, mate, very nice. <laughs> yeah, uh... yeah epic, absolutely epic moment. And it was 2T, 54-4. Um, wow. Yeah. Mega. I'm kind of reliving it now as we're talking about oh, it. mate, Just, absolutely yeah. incredible. I mean, what... So what... What have you done there to, you know, to catch them fish? The, you know, is it the spot? Is it the bait? Is it the rigs? Is it the the, the angle you, you might be fishing the spot at? I mean, is it, a, you know, some, all of it? I mean, what's, you know, talk us through your fishing situation there, exactly how you've done it to catch them two big ones. Right. Well, like I mentioned to you before, that, that's, that, right, go, go to the start of it. Right, that bulb in the south bank of Girton is where you're going to get them big ones in the spring. Mm. Once the fish have spawned, it's then an, an even playing field because yeah. you can find them anywhere in the lake, and that's been proven with previous captures. But when before they spawn, that's where you want to be. I think the reason for it is is that bar that I mentioned to you, so the swim called Popular Point that that bar goes into from the swim I was fishing, is like quite a uniform 12 to 14 foot area. Right. And it's one of the few areas in Girton where you're going to get them decks. So if you look at previous captures, you, you don't have to be at the lake long to realise 90% of you, well, I say 90%, that's not actually true this year because some of the guys at the other end of the lake were doing quite well. So let's not, yeah. But most of your shows are down there. Mm. Most of your members are going to head down there for that period. And I kind of knew, I kind of knew, I'd seen... Um, Prior to catching measles or toothy, I'd seen big fish showing that. And you can tell, even at range, you can tell the amount of water they're shifting. So I kind of knew that that was, that was going to be the zone if it was going to happen. Now, to my left, to the muscle bar that I fished to my left from that swim, I could get 15, 16 foot. So that, that's the spot. Because the rest of it's 24, 
down to 36, which is obviously that time of year no good whatsoever. Yeah. So that bar was always going to be favourite. Now, Popular Point gets the large chunk of that bar, which is the number one swim everybody wants to be in. Mm. So I didn't try and compete for that swim because the previous year I didn't get in it once through the spring. Right. Hence why I ended up going on to one of the other lakes on the complex because I couldn't get on the fish. But this year, because I could hit the tip of that bar from mm. swim two on the south bank, that was my number one spot. So I put one rod on it. Right. The rest of the rods I wasn't really bothered about because it was always going to be that rod that I thought it was going to happen on. Right. So the time I caught the time I caught measles off it, I'd seen them there and just put a single on it. The time I caught Tootie, they were in popular, so further up the bar in popular points water. Mm. So that got seven, I think seven or eight spawns of crush switch. And then, because I've, I've seen them loads of times, Moses, they're up in popular point, but if you keep your rod on that bar, they, they, they'll just follow it down because they're just picking mussels and snails and God yeah. knows what off it. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's quite opportunist because you can't, obviously at that range and that depth, you can't kind of pick what fish is going to pick you up. But I suppose the law of averages states that if your hook's good, your rig's good, your bait's good, your main line's well looked after and you've checked it, eventually... You know, the luck will shine on you. You know. Yeah, mate. Yeah. So I suppose you're when when you put a single out when you're fishing with that one rod in the other swim, you need a rig yeah. there that's a hundred percent reliable because you you you're basically fishing with one rod, aren't you? So what what sort you know if if you're if you had to go into your rig box as such or your tackle box and there's one rig that you chuck out into that pond using one rod what what rig would it be you know just for the listeners sort of thing 100 percent ronnie rig really right okay right because that that rod that rod on both occasions that was out for more than 12 hours before it went so i Mm. want something that resets ronnie rig right i'm also potentially could be fishing over some quite savage mussels so i want a really thick strong boom section Ronnie rig, right? right? And I want a rig that's going to have a, a milky malt pop up on it. Ronnie rig. <laughs> I know it's everybody's using it, but there's a reason, was it? You know what I'm talking about. It yeah. nails them. Yeah, and but... nine times out of ten, they stay on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's become such a popular rig, that Ronnie rig. You know, it is... Um, yeah. Well, the thing is, I'm a 360 user, to be honest with yeah. you. And, um, but just before, sort of... Well, I mean, sort of around the Ronnie rig boom as such, I started to get a lot of hook pulls on the 360 rig, and I don't know why. You know, I, I funny enough, I chatted to Laney about this because um, he's an avid 360 user at the Northern mm. Show, and he was saying a similar thing to me as well, getting bloody hook pulls on 360 rigs for some reason. And I don't know if it's a coincidence or what, that, you know, people are now using this Ronnie rig. You know, I mean, it's pretty much, I think, 80% of the country's probably using the bloody Ronnie rig, to be honest with you. It seems yeah. like everyone's... Yeah, you're right, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, it seems like ever since this boom, something's... I don't know whether it's... My confidence has been knocked in the 360 because of obviously having a, a couple of hook pulls from it. But, yeah, it seems very strange now that, you know, that's happening to the 360 users. Okay, I bet it's only me and Dave that's spoken to about. I wonder if there's other people that are avid 360 users. It's happening to them as well. Um, since this Ronnie rig's come in, I mean, was you ever a 360 user before the Ronnie rig? I mean, what 
what was upsetting me about the Ronnie rig was the fact that people were bending that swivel. You know, when it first started to come out, there wasn't a swivel design for it. And yeah, I yeah. I wasn't happy of the fact that you are if you if you're bending that metal of that swivel, you're putting a hairline yeah. crack in that. And would you ever want to hook a fish of a lifetime using no that rig and not you know it's bad it was just bad angling on my you know and and i despised people that were using the ronnie rig by bending that swivel to get the hook on on the quickly you know i mean now that there's obviously designated uh swivels out there for it so you know i'm I'm more avid for it but i mean was you ever a 360 user before the ronnie rig yourself I wasn't there. And do you know what What attracted me to the Ronnie rig was that boom section that resets. I mean, like, it'll be on a similar thing to when you're fishing rainbow. You don't want a hook link that's going to tattle up. You get a single gleep and you're not fishing for the rest of the night. Mm. I guess that's why you would want a boom section that you know. I'll be honest with you, the Ronnie rig, it's too cumbersome for me. I don't actually... So if I'm fishing a different venue and I'm fishing close in, I wouldn't use that rig. No. I would use... I would use a, a, a much more, uh, not Subtle. the club, but some, yeah, no, I yeah. don't know, I'm thinking like um, uh, just using a curved uh, curved KD type style rig would probably be my main thing, but I'd use a PVA bag to straighten the hook link out. And, it's, and, and if you're unsure, you can quickly reset the trap. Whereas if you like, you know, getting onto that bar at that range I was fishing at, you don't quite catch it right. Mm. You know, that, especially at night, you can't get back onto that spot at night very often. If you have a bite through the night, you have to be, you know, especially if you've got a headwind, because you can't feel the lead down with a headwind, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, so if I'm fishing a smaller lake, I probably wouldn't use the Ronnie Rig because I can reset my traps. If, I'm, if I've had a couple of bleeps, think, mm, what's happened there? Yeah. You just could reset it and check everything, can't you? But yeah. when you're fishing long or you're fishing somewhere like Rainbow, you don't get that opportunity without disturbing your swim, and yeah, that's a big factor yeah, you know, yeah. when, when you're fishing somewhere like that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So it was uh, was the Ronnie rig, you know, is that is that what you're putting out on all three rods generally whilst you're over at Girton, is it? If I'm fishing long, yeah. But what I do, like, in that swim, it's mostly distance work. Mm. But once, like I said to you before, Moza, once they've spawned, you can catch them under the rod tips because you'll find them in nooks, and that's when it becomes the fishery that I love. That style of fishing is probably not my, you know, when I'm just like him, you casting long to the spot, because the same spots that all the other guys are going to use, you know, it's not that bar's not a secret. You know, the, the muscle bed to the left ain't a secret either. But once they've spawned and the fish spread out and they go in the nooks and crannies, in the reeds, under the trees, that's when I like to fish, you know. So then, you know, I probably wouldn't use that rig and I'd, I'd, I'd alter my tactics to the tiny little hooks tiny little PVA bags just dropping it off climbing trees and doing all the things those carpangas do to outwit them but yeah. no like like I say that's not my favourite style of fishing fishing long if I'm honest right right yeah neither is it for me as well to be honest I hate fishing long I bloody hate it it's just a pain in the ass baiting like you say getting the rods out yeah. you're, you're weather dependent all the time if you get an head wet yeah. uh, I've had it before where I'm casting at my limit and then, like, checking the weather, checking the weather, thinking, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then next minute, you get this headwind, and you've had a couple of bites, and you can't get back on the spot. There's nothing worse. 
nothing worse than not being able to get I'm, back out in the spot when you've had a couple of bites. I've played in them shoes where I've got a really nice leg drop, I'm happy, the wind's turned and you want to change your bait for the night and you think, I ain't changing the bait because I probably can't hit that now. Yeah. There's nothing worse, mate. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, but, and it's something that some people just don't even think about as well, especially when distance fish. I hate distance fishing. It's not for me. Yeah. Definitely not. Now, you've um you've obviously documented a lot of these sessions on your you your youtube channel or, or on dna's youtube channel should i say so yeah. you you've obviously yeah. got vinnie's vlog i mean that's you've been doing that for the last few what is it three or four years you've been vlogging for is that yeah right? yeah yeah just kind of stumbled across it um I, the first the first one i did or i didn't actually go out in the vlog because it it, it it never did for whatever reason it was down at manson because that was a syndicate i was on before Gerton, but uh yeah, I just started taking the cam. I, I bought a really nice DSLR to take my, my fish shots with, of course, like we all should do, you know. Uh, although mobile phone pictures now are uh, probably, you know, yeah, quite I'm awesome. Some yeah, of them now, aren't they? yeah, they are. But yeah, yeah so I, I had that camera setting on my on my DSLR, and I kind of thought, you know, and I started playing with it, and then like. I'll openly admit my early vlogs there was audio issues, there was focusing issues, but you know, as as I kind of developed with it, but you know. You, what people must remember is when you when you watch these um, these productions that go out on the internet now, you've got a cameraman filming the angler, yeah. which is what you do. And I, and I know James Strain's filmed me before, and it's just brilliant to fish yeah. and let James worry about the camera. Yeah. Whereas my vlog is me, and number one is me catching fish. Mm. If I get the opportunity to capture it with my video camera, then brilliant. But number one priority is, is, is me doing my fishing. So it's kind of like an addition to what I'm doing. I don't fish for the filming mm. I, I film what i'm doing do you know what i'm saying so, yeah yeah but when you become more familiar with your camera and it's set i still get the odd bits that i'd like to improve upon but you know what's going out there now is um i get some really positive comments through dna's channel you know we've got plenty of people tuning in and watching we get eight thousand views which i never dreamt a few years ago yeah. there'd be eight thousand people watching me getting up to what i'm getting up to but I like to think that it's quite an honest thing. Because going back to the Girton thing, Moza, I openly said I got that wrong. You know, yeah. you'll see in them vlogs, I'll say I moved swims, I shouldn't have moved swims, they're still down there, 50-50, and now I'm on the way home and I ain't caught, you know. So I, I, I haven't cherry-picked. I've, I, it's real, it's what happened, and I've openly admitted it where I've made a mistake, got it wrong, lost a fish or whatever, hasn't gone my way. It's been in there, so I've kind of walked and hauled it a little bit. Wicked. Yeah, which is nice to see, to be honest with you. It's nice to see, you know, the the honesty come out in, in in a blog like that. To be honest with you, definitely. Yeah. And um, obviously, so did you manage to capture measles and all and tooty and all that on camera for your vlog for other people to obviously go and watch? They they are on the DNA channel. Uh, I think um, measles is vlog number fourteen. And two T is vlog number fifteen, mate. So if you want to shoot about, if I, if I'm honest, and this is just me being picky, you, you imagine I've been carp angling for whatever it is, twenty six, twenty seven years, or whatever it is, and mm. then suddenly your moment is there. 
setting the camera up, I'm shaking, Mozzie. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Setting yeah. the camera. If I could go back, I would have just left it in the sling and said, right, guys, this is what I'd like to do to capture this moment. Yeah. Um, although them vlogs kind of, you can see, you can see how elated I am and I've worked hard and the, the pressure's off and, and I've caught it. I've nailed one of them. One of them's mine, yeah. That's all there. But if I could go back and just... Do it a little bit more professionally than I would do, but I'm, I'm being picky there. Yeah. We caught them. And yes, we got them on camera, mate. Yeah, they're all there. Yeah, wicked. I mean, mate, we're, we're all, you know... Um... I think of that all the time. Whenever I like, obviously do the rainbow blogs and that, that I'm filming myself and whatnot, I'm like, I'm gutted I didn't get that bit or I didn't get that bit or this bit yeah. or that. You know, it's very difficult to try and capture the moment as well as actually what's going on at the time sort of thing. It can be yeah. very hard to do that, especially yeah. when at the end of the day, we're all anglers and hunters and that's what we're predominantly thinking about all the time. And sometimes, you know, thinking about the cameras, it just doesn't happen. But then that that sometimes switches. That becomes an obsession. The cameras do to to try and catch, yeah. you know, it, it takes sometimes a moment like you've perhaps got with Tootie there where you think, I wish I got that moment of it, you know, lying in the net and this, that and the other so I can relive that moment on video almost and everyone else can relive the moment with me, you know. So, you know... Sometimes it you get them moments on camera and you cherish them. You know, I've got a few moments myself which I absolutely cherish on camera, you know, catching big ones and whatnot and that raw emotion. There's nothing better than uh, than looking back on moments like that, especially via video nowadays, definitely. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. We learn from our mistakes. That's how we develop mm, in the exactly in camera work and carpentry and everything. You learn from your mistakes. I mean, you probably watched some of your stuff back that you filmed and thought, "Yeah, I really captured that moment." You vlogged that, and you vlogged how you created it, and then you you kind of automatically do it the next time. Well, I've had an absolute fish of a life. Well, two fish of a lifetime mm. on the bank, and yes, we captured it, but. Next time, and I do up there's a next time yeah. with Ed. Next time, I'll just be conscious of that. And bearing in mind, you've got to remember not that I would ever do anything to risk the health of a fish, the owner of that fish who stood next to me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of him. It's, it's, you know, you've got to be careful with these big ones. One mistake, and you know. So yeah, so, yeah, you have to kind of consider that there was about 10 people in my swim yeah. when that when moving people around. Everybody wants to see it. They all want, you know, um, a guy called Wayne from Angling Direct came up with two brand new sets of scales. And, you know, okay. there's a lot going on. And yeah. you, I should have focused a little bit more on just making sure that camera was just set up perfectly. We got the angles and all the rest of it. But the most important thing is nearly meant to. So I suppose, you know, the best thing was... was uh, Capturing them two feet, yeah, mega, mate, absolutely mega. So, um, you mentioned as well that you've got you got your own lake. So, tell us a little bit about that, Vin. You know what um what your own lake is. It's um, well, yeah, my my lake, or should I say our lake? That that is something that started a long time ago. Um, I always have, I always kind of like, even as a kid, probably before an angler, I had this vision of, of owning water. I was obsessed by water. Mm. Like, I mean, 
when we used to go on our family holidays when I was a young kid, all I was interested in was where's the local fishing shop and where's the local fishing place. <laughs> you know, my entire holiday spending money was spent at the tackle shops, and, uh, and it just, I don't know, I just had a passion for it, I guess. So I kind of always had this little thing in my head that I wanted to own a lake. Uh, and I had, in the early years, I had a few meetings with farmers, landowners, and for one reason or another, it, it never happened. And uh, I stumbled across Stable, and Stable is, Stables is my fishery, or our fishery. Uh, I stumbled across it because I'd done years on Baker's Pond, which is a little lake near me, a right. lovely little lake, which we should really talk more about Baker's in this, but anyway, we haven't got all day, I know that, but... And then I did quite a reasonable stint on Motorway Pond, which is one of Holland District's waters. They're both within a stone's throw of the lake I now own, and I didn't even know it was there. It's hidden away down a little farm track. Wow. It's three acres. Um, it's a stunning, lovely place. I know I will say that, but our members are really smitten with the place. Um, so we found it, and... One of my close friends, oh look, Clive Gibbons is uh, obviously the, the, the corder guy, famous carp angler, blah, 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 and this goes on, yeah. Well, Clive Gibbons was a friend of mine, not through carp fishing, I was the guitarist in a rock band and Clive right. was the drummer. Right. So I knew Clive from that and I rang Clive up and I said, look, I've seen this little lake, you know I've been talking about this for years and years. He said, yeah, go on. I said, well, this is where it is. Now, Clive lives only two minutes up the road. Right. So he says, well, leave it with me and I'm going to do a little bit of digging. So... Clive being the people person he is, sales rep, good with his uh, talking and encouraging and all the rest of it, Clive tracked it down to a guy called Van Dyke, called Van Dyke, who is a very wealthy businessman who owns most of that area by the sound of it. Right. Well, so we, and we got on to him, we wrote him a letter, and we explained who we were and what we intended to do with it, and uh, we didn't hear anything, and I kind of thought, oh, well, there's another one gone, blah, mm. blah, blah. Uh, and I was fishing at the time, I was fishing on the Neem Valley. I can't for the life of me think what the lake was. It's a big old lake, I can't remember. Anyway, that's not important. So I'm fishing on the Neem Valley, and a, my mobile phone goes with a number that's not recognised, and I thought, oh, don't do this to me, I'm fishing. So I answered it, and uh, there's this Dutch guy, he says, yeah, yeah, you wrote to me about my fishing lake. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, uh, yeah, I think we can talk about it. And I'm like, get in. That's yeah, some nice. of that. Yeah, and, and I said, well, yeah. And he said, what, what kind of money are you talking? I said, well, I said, look, you know, we, we can discuss that. We need to get some fish. And, uh, right, I'll try and do a Dutch impression. <laughs> he says, John, you don't need to worry about fish. The lake already has fish in it. <laughs> and I'm like, what what fish have you got in it, Coy? He says, ah, oh, we put some carp in there years ago. Now, what would you think? Mm, yeah, well, I'd be a bit dubious about that. Well, I said, look. This, this is a big game changer, Court. If there is some carp in there, that changes the, the, you know, our outlay, blah, blah, blah. So I said, do you mind if I go and have a look? He says, no, you've got my permission to go and have a look because you, you, you have to chop brambles down and, yeah, you have to right, get to it. Right. It's pretty hidden away. It's an irrigation lake for the, before there were some greenhouses with cucumbers behind the lake. So mm. it was an irrigation reservoir for them, but now they're farmland and that it was just left. Mm. So I went down there and I chopped my way through all the bar. I packed up from Neen Valley drove up the airwall, got got back to where I live, went down to the lake, chopped my way through all these brambles. I just, like, dragged a couple of rods over, and I'm looking, and three common swung past me. Oh. I'm like, this is just, I can't, this is, like, not me. This is not my look. These things don't happen to me. Right. But, yeah, well, 
So that was the birth of stables. There was quite a reasonable head of commons in there. They ran to about £19, I believe, at the time. Right, OK. Uh, Called real reasonable guy, set of police, and, uh, yeah, we're in year nine now. Bloody so, hell. yeah, it's, wow. all, it's all happened. Oh, lovely. Yeah, very nice. So what? So, so have you just got like a long lease on there? Do you sort that out with the Dutch guys, I suppose? And um, yeah, we're it, just we're just renewing for for another ten years. We're just in negotiations to do that now. But he's really easy going. He doesn't cause us any problems. Oh, so yeah, you find yourself then being a, a, fisher, a fishery owner. Mm. So it was myself, Clive Gibbons, and uh, a close friend of mine called Ian Thresh. Ian Thresh is in the finance business. He deals all the bookings and the banks stuff and what have you. Right. I do all the graphs and we kind of haven't figured out what Clive does yet. Maybe that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find him a job. We'll find him a job. Clive's with Clive with Lakeru when all the work's done and then sits in the most popular swim. Good That's lad. Clive's job, I think. No, no, he's not. He's he's, <laughs> uh, he's a good close friend of mine, and uh, yeah, uh, it's all it's all tongue in cheek. So yeah, I mean, like people think, oh yeah, owning your own fishery, and uh, and and I thought that before I did it, but it, it and don't get me wrong, there's a, there's a I'm immensely proud when I go on to stables about what we've created. Mm. Uh, I think it's a lovely place. It's it, but it doesn't go without its issues because that is your responsibility. So yeah, when somebody mate. rings you up and says, Vinny, I've just seen an otter on your lake, that's your responsibility. Hmm. Somebody rings you up and says, there's an oxygen issue at the lake, they're all gasping on the top, that's your responsibility. Okay. It ain't a license to print money. We put most of the funds back into the lake. We buy fish, upgrade the track, the paths, the swims, it, you know, lake dye, liming, fish, but, you know, it all, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, the mate. industry. Mm. It's not what people think, but when you sit there and you see fish crashing, and you've got happy customers, and they've had the PBs, and yeah, it is good, but it, uh, I do not want to know how many hours I have put in to creating the swims, the paths, the, you know. I could well thousands, imagine, mate. Yeah, I could well hours, imagine. Mate. Has it ever put you off your fishing at all, Vin? Because I know I've got friends that have had the similar dream, wanted to get their own fishery, and the minute they got their own fishery, their own fishing just stopped completely, and um, they completely lost the buzz for it, and it, it almost ruined it for them. Have you, have, you ever come, have you come across that owning your own fishery sort of thing? Mm, I, can, I can see that, and I guess that's similar to, I've got friends who have gone to work in the tackle industry, you know, working in a tackle shop or something like that, and mm. they've lost the buzz a little bit, and yeah. I guess that's the same thing what you're talking about. No, because stables is a sideline to our, our jobs. Both myself, Ian and Clive all have jobs away from yeah, yeah. So If it was our job, then, yeah, getting leads out the tree and people breaking rules and people leaving rules, it would then become a bit, you know what, catfishing's doing my head mm. in now. And I'm saying that, I'm not saying that about the stables members because the majority of them are really good guys and we've got a good relationship with them, but I can see how that can get on your nerves. I can yeah, see how yeah. Mr Polite opening the lakes six years down the line could <laughs> not be Mr Polite. So when somebody says, you, you, you'll know what I'm talking about here, Mozzie. When somebody says, oh, yeah, I went to that lake and he's a right miserable bar, <laughs> you don't know how many idiots have put his 30 pound common under dangerous angling. You know, yeah. you don't know what happened last week or the week before. You know, so I always have a little bit more sympathy for these lake owners who get a little bit of criticism across the net. Because you don't know. I have taken leads out of trees with 40 yards of braid and the, the, the lead clip's been tied on with a piece of mono. Mm. 
Mm, now yeah. I've got near thirty pound fish in that lake, and we will break the thirty pound barrier this year. I'm absolutely convinced of that. So people don't see that; they no. only see that. Oh yeah, he, he was a bit miserable that guy. Well, yeah, but give him a break because he he's looking after the thousands and thousands of hours he's done to create that fishery. He yeah, doesn't want well it ruined by somebody who can't go on the internet and see how to tie a rig. Yeah. So you can see where I'm coming from. With yeah, that. mate. Yeah, no, it's well said. Yeah, it's a point. Well, um put across as well definitely there food for thought for for everyone especially when they when they all get back out after this um <laughs> to this lockdown i feel sorry for the fishery owners imagine that first Mate, week on linear oh, oh, don't. <laughs> oh, don't. yeah good luck to we and roper over at linear when that all kicks off again over there jesus oh, could you imagine? oh mate i bet yeah, he's loving the break at the like minute that, oh don't don't listen dude unfortunately i'm going to have to um cut us off here because i've got to do a poxing live feed with pictures in a minute but um mate ah, I, say hello to him from me won't you i will do i will do definitely dude i'm going to get you back on because you've obviously got many other stories that i'd love to hear and i'm sure the listeners would love to hear as well Not about some of your fishing obviously away from girton and uh you've been fishing yeah. a long time obviously haven't you so and i'd like I to hear I'd like to hear more about your fishery as well. Um, so, so, yeah, sorry to cut you off short here. But, mate, it's been fantastic having you on, Vin, and listening to your stories over Girton have been uh, inspirational, not only for myself, but hopefully for the listeners as well, dude. No problem. You're welcome. And uh, everybody who's listening, stay safe, stay indoors, and then fish will still be there when it's all over. Wicked. Top man. Thank you, Vin, and I'll speak to you soon, mate. See somebody. Take care. Cheers, mate. Bye.